RNZ National Friday afternoon means Critter of the Week time. Nicola Tuki is the Chief Executive of Forest and Bird. She joins me now. Hi. Afternoon. How are you? How's your week been? It's been a great week. I'm actually in Wellington this week. Um, and But earlier in the week, I went and spoke to one of our local branches. I went to the AGM and I gave the Lance McCaskill Memorial Talk. Do you know about Lance McCaskill? No. <laughs> so uh, he was one of New Zealand's early environmentalists. He was very big on um, soil conservation particularly. Yeah. In fact, he was instrumental in getting a Soil Conservation Act passed. Um, and I find that really interesting just now when we're looking at impacts on communities where, uh, you know, East Coast, Hawke's Bay, Gisborne, Mutawai, places like that, where actually it's time to start thinking about protecting the resilience of those soils and you can do that by looking after your forests, right? Um, anyway, uh, he was very well known in Canterbury. He was a Canterbury branch member, so, so Forest and Bird has mm. 47 branches of hard-working volunteers up and down the country and I went and joined about 100 of them, a bit nervous, you know, to give this talk in mm. honour of Lance McCaskill. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's actually a nature reserve up behind Kurtafiti, otherwise known as Castle Hill, um, in towards... Arthur's Pass called the Lance McCaskill Reserve and it protects little tiny very um, endangered nationally critical plants like the Castle Hill Buttercup for example and behind this like enormous Alcatraz style fence to keep the rabbits and hares out. Anyway uh, so Do you think there'll one day be a Nicola Tookie Reserve? No, there won't be. Do you know why? There's not even a Nicola Tookie blimmin' released snail. <laughs> or I've tried. I've tried. A worm, anything. Um, anyway. Nothing uh, reserved about Nicola Tookie. Was... Wouldn't really work, would Nothing it? Res... <laughs> no. You need like a wildflower some... patch. Yeah, some extroverted creature that's kind of lost the plot and bouncing yeah. off the walls. Now, now Nicola, um... Nicola's too humble to say this, but if there are any people listening who are in charge of naming things, <laughs> what better person... What better person to put the put her name on something than Nicola Tuki? Get in touch, let me know. Yeah, especially if it's really annoying. Yeah. Um, Maybe so, like a style me... on a fence somewhere. We're not asking much. <laughs> a culvert. <laughs> a culvert, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, on that note, uh, there's a lovely quote about uh, Mr Lance McCaskill uh, in the in the Dictionary of New Zealand Biography, uh, it says this, he was a man of energy, determination, tenacity, unpredictability, and even occasional belligerence. <laughs> Attributes that were central to his capacity to get things done. Yeah. And I can relate. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And, and in fact, um, you know, in- a lot of our um, heroes in the environmental space can be a bit belligerent. I'm sure Dr. Mike Joy, who I spoke to earlier in the week, won't mind me characterising him as, as as occasionally a little belligerent. Um, it's you know, oh, I, it's I, how you get I things done. It comes, it comes with the turf. I I might have sat in on a couple of meetings with senior officials of government departments with some of my NGO colleagues this week, and I'm sure I'm sure those officials might feel the same way. <laughs> um, but anyway, at this meeting, so I gave the speech in honour of Lance McCaskill, hoped I did him justice, you know, talked about forests and birds and how much the branch is acknowledging all the work that they did. And I asked for questions at the end. And this lady stood up, and lovely lady, and she said, oh, you know, my name is Janet. I don't really have a question. And I thought, oh, here we go. Because when you, you know this, whenever you give talk, somebody gives a reckon, you know, yeah. like, 
not a, not a question. No. I'm going to just tell you something. Um, she said, I am Lance McCaskill's granddaughter. Oh, man. And it was lovely to hear you talking about my grandfather oh. like that. And it was amazing. I tell you, I got sand in my eyes at that point. Um, <laughs> and it, it reminded me, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I... Uh, a month ago, I was up the Kapiti Coast and opening Sanderson's Way in honour of Val Sanderson, who was our the founder of Forest and Bird 100 years ago, because it is, of course, our centennial, mm. and three of his grandsons were there. Yeah. So it's what I love is that New Zealand has this sort of amazing um, kind of whakapapa where we, we have this ongoing connection um, with these families who... Uh, uh, continue to draw that thread through, but it was really, it was really lovely to just suddenly be looking at the granddaughter of the man we'd just been describing. It was Fantastic! Very cool. Great story. Yeah. Now yeah. I have to say that this week's critter of the week is a real beauty, and that's partly thanks to the stunning photographs that have been uh, taken by one Samuel Purdy. Ah, uh, Samuel Purdy, what a legend! What an absolute legend! So. Samuel Purdy is like this absolute nature nerd who's also a bit of a gun herpetologist who decided when he I want to say when he was young but he is like he he's 23 he might be 24 now um and at 23 he published a field guide uh to a naturalist guide to the reptiles and amphibians of New Zealand which if you don't have, I suggest you add it to your Christmas card list. Okay, thank you. Um, and he he reckons he became a herpetologist because he he uh, you know sounds very familiar. He was one of those kids who was carting, you know, had pet caterpillars and spiders and all of that stuff. And then he watched Steve Irwin and decided that was it. He wanted to wrestle crocs and be a herpetologist. And then he fell in love with New Zealand's amazing herpetofauna, so mm. our, our incredible um, skinks and geckos. And uh, today we are talking about one of those geckos, uh, and his photographs are just stunning. I can already tell you that on the attractiveness meter, it's going to be very difficult to give it a low score based on those photos alone. Yeah. You, would so, you like to um, would you like to rate its physical attractiveness now to get it out of the way and and to set the scene for what you're about to tell us? Oh gosh, that's a change up for the yeah. books. Is that yeah. legal? I don't know. Yeah, okay. well, um, uh, just making it up as I go along, really. So I reckon, I reckon it's a a nine point three. Me too. Me too. Beautiful, beautiful yes. gecko. Check it out on our website, rnz.co.nz/slash jesse. Uh, oh, you've thrown me now. Now I'm, I'm, I'll be talking backwards. Or something. <laughs> you have six minutes to tell us oh, all about Hurutao okay. Gecko. The Hurutao Gecko, or the Mokopirirako Galaxius, is possibly one of the most stunning gecko I think I've seen out of New Zealand's mm. 48 or more gecko species. And I am a gecko lover. So um, uh, Galaxius should give us a clue. We've talked about galaxids before in fish form. Galaxius refers to the starry pattern on their body, and there's actually a close-up photo of the gecko's yeah. scales. And you, you'd swear you were looking up um, at our at our beautiful night sky. Mm. Uh, and the Te Reo name 
uh, huru te ao means breaking of dawn, and that is to refer, they've got yellow lips, which are on the one hand the colour of the rising sun, hence the name. On the other hand, colloquially, it looks like he's just been into a bag of cheesels, <laughs> is what I would, what I would say. Um, they, um, but a good, a good way of describing just how... Um, how bright that is. So um, what's special about these? They've only been discovered um, five years ago in 2018 in rocky outcrops way up in the Otiaki Conservation Park in central Otago. So Graham, Sydney country, if you're thinking about, Mm. if you're an art fan. Um, And it has only been described scientifically in 2021. And it's only been found in maybe six locations. Uh, So very, very difficult to find. They are the the epitome of cold-blooded. So, um, and beautifully, given that they have this galaxy on their back, they're nocturnal. So what's fascinating about them is that they are active in very, very cold temperatures, single-digit temperatures, low as six degrees, uh, and they can move around quite a lot in this. So herpetologists have found them out and about in heinous, bitterly cold, wet, windy conditions, what we've got coming at us over the next few days. Um, And they are obviously pretty staunch. Um, They are known as cranky geckos, so they (laughs) can bite, um, wiggle their tongue, they, they can kind of death roll actually um i've handled geckos that do this before where they just real staunch even though they're only about the length of your average (laughs) highlighter Um, (laughs) yeah and they are um one of our black-eyed geckos but they are different from the northern one and one of these examples where herpetologists are just constantly beavering away trying to figure out um you know whether or not they are the same species Mm. or in fact different species. If you think about where they're living, they're kind of um, in those kind of grey, wacky, schisty outcrops um, that you see up in the rolling golden central Otago hills. So lots of little nooks and crannies and crevices and tussock all around. And over winter, those areas are entirely covered with snow. So we think that they are um, kind of retreating into the middle of those rocky crevices to kind of um, stay protected during that time. And that is similar to the skinks over at um, McRae's near Palmerston, um, sort of in this, not quite the same area, but, you know, in the in Otago, um, in similar habitat, where they actually back right into the crevices and the schist, mm. of, schist tours um, to stay out of harm's way and not get frozen. Because um, so we, we think of reptiles call- as like just sitting in the sun warming up, but they obviously go for a few yeah. months without much sun. Without much sun, indeed. Um, and, you know, again, it's the, the thing that I am really taken with with um, geckos uh, in New Zealand in particular. Geckos are supposed to be a tropical species. So our geckos don't follow the rules. No. <laughs> no, right? So they, they're living in these cold, temperate environments. They don't lay eggs, so they give birth to live young, which is not the usual uh, life behaviour or um, of of geckos in other countries, in warmer countries. Uh, and their um, gestation can be uh, highly plastic, if you like, because it depends on how cold things are. So if it's really cold and it's really far south, for example, then geckos, or really high up, then geckos um, take longer to have their babies than if they were in hmm. warmer kind of areas, which yeah. is good. Like there's there's good kind of agility in terms of survival skills. Um, but to give you an idea of um, how 
rare these starry, beautiful little individuals are, um, scientists have only ever seen 27 individuals ever. That's incredible. So, and um, and maybe now a good time for me to jump in with some admin and say that if you do spot something like this, you think it might be one of these geckos, there's an email address. Send it to lizardresearch at doc.govt.nz. Yes, how you worked at Doc? Do. How long do you reckon it took them to organise that email address? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I'm not going to comment on that. I think, um, but I do know, I do know how important um, the you know department scientists knowing about these things is. Yeah. Because we have like thousands and thousands of species in New Zealand that sit in a category called data deficient, which just means don't know enough about them, haven't counted enough, don't know really where they are, and therefore we don't know how to look after them. So the more um, more information, the better uh, email addresses notwithstanding. So. <laughs> We're out of time, Nicola. Um, I know you like to sneak one fact in after I've already called time on you, so what's it to be today? Yes. Uh, one of the things I love about it, because it a little bit reminds me of the Muppets, is the inside of its mouth is bright orange and pink. Do go have a look at these um, beautiful pictures on our website. If you came in late, Nicola's already rated this in the high nines for attractiveness. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you back here same same time, same place for a credit next week. You stay tucked under a rock somewhere. (laughs) The Huda to our Gecko, our credit of the week. Time for Wallace Chapman and the panel. Have a great weekend, everyone.